it's just a privilege to be here with you all. I, I'm fairly new to the group, but uh, God has burdened me for really for a number of years, almost daily. I've thought of Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen of if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and and um, I've really focused in on what does the word humble mean. And I I went through the archives and I saw that Stephen did a devotion just on that word uh, about a year ago. And, um, but I, I am going to talk through that part of it um, today because that's what God's had on my heart for some time. And the more I read into it, I, I had always read that pretty much as a standalone challenge and as a verse. And obviously when you're studying for something like this and you go back into the context, it takes on a whole new meaning and, uh, it really uh, opens up the word in the way that it's supposed to be, I think, and uh, at least to me it has. And it it really is, uh, I mean, I've titled this Four Easy Steps for Revival and knowing that there aren't any easy steps, but God could not have made it clear what we need to do, and yet we don't do it. So we'll, we'll start with that as an introduction um, and, and just from the verses, chapter six, through, uh, verse 12 through seven, 14, you know, the, the, uh, Solomon has just finished building the temple and they're having a giant celebration and a dedication of the temple to the Lord. Uh, everyone's rejoicing and praising God. And Solomon steps up in front of all of the people in verse 12 and spreads out his arms and begins to pray. And he praises God as, as we all should when we start a prayer. Oh, God of Israel, there's no God like thee in heaven nor in earth. He recognizes that God keeps his commandments and shows mercy unto thy servants. He, he remembers us the promises that God made to David and to Israel. And then he recalls instances in which God's people turned from God, and yet God forgave them when they repented and turned from their wicked ways. And then he gets into some specific things because he looks out into the future with his wisdom. And he said, you know, it's like he realizes that God's people are going to sin and they're going to stray and they're going to need to come back to God. And he, he starts asking God in his prayer to, to get God to promise to forgive his people when they do these sins, if they will, if they, when they do it, they'll return, they'll, they'll re- return, they'll repent, they'll ask for forgiveness and they'll turn from their wicked way. So you know, he le- lays out some examples, like if a man sins against his neighbor, or you know, if, if God's punishing us because you know, we're, we're put to the worst before the enemy because we've sinned against God, if we're in a foreign land and we're held captive and we pray toward the temple, and just all these things are playing out as Solomon prays it. And I, I don't think I'd actually connected all that to 714 before. It was it was more like, here's this standalone verse that tells us what to do. But you really have God answering Solomon's prayer with directions on how we should pray and directions on how his people should turn to him. So, so, so Solomon's prayer is designed, I think, to burn in the hearts of the people what they need to do when they sin and, and turn away from God. But it also reminds God of the promises that he's made to David and to the nation of Israel and to his people in a very humble but a very effective way. 
So that happens. The prayer happens. There's more days of celebration. They sacrifice 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep. I mean, this is a big day. This is huge. And God is being honored and glorified, and the temple is being, being built. And, and in, in chapter 7, verse 12, it says, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and, and, and said unto him, I've heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of, of sacrifice. And then he repeats back what Solomon had asked for in his prayer. So God says, you know, okay, if I shut up the heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. And then he gets to verse seven, verse 14, and, and he says, so if, if I do all these things, and yet if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will hear their, heal their land. It, it appears to me that God provides step-by-step instructions for what his people need to do when they reject him and when they stray and when they sin. And in the process, he gives us step-by-step instructions for personal and national or global revival and awakening. You know, it's, it, it can't be easy to do because you think we would all be doing it, but it's certainly easy to understand what God wants. And what he expects from us. I mean, he wants us. He wants our hearts. He wants our minds. He wants our entire being devoted to him and him alone. And he wants us to trust and depend on him and to surrender ourselves completely to him. You know, that that's, that should be a given for us, but we don't do it. And I don't do it. And, and shame on me. And God forgive me because I don't. Yeah, I... <laughs> These these instructions are almost so simple. It, it reminds me of something my mom did one time, and you know, bless her heart, she loved fresh homegrown tomatoes, and she saw an ad in the back of a magazine that you can learn how to freeze homegrown tomatoes so you can have them year round, have fresh tomatoes. So mom sent off her three dollars and self addressed stamped envelope in response to the ad, and a few days later a letter comes and she opens it up and the instructions are there. It's, you know, get your fresh tomato, wash it, slice it, wrap it, freeze it. And then when you want to serve it, you remove it, you thaw it, and you serve it. And then it had the nerve to say, well, if you want to learn how to freeze corn, send another $3. But, but that, those kind of easy steps are really what God's given us here. There's four steps. Humble ourselves, pray, seek, turn. You know, they're not, it's not rocket science, but it's really, really hard to do. You think about God's other plan is like, what must we do to be saved? Well, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Well, that seems too simple. Let's, let's complicate it up. Let's add in, let's add in works and what can we do and how can we take credit? And, but, but God just says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross for our salvation. It's almost too simple. And it's so simple that I've always thought that rather than than something that simple, that if God gave us a checklist of <clears throat> seven, eight, nine things to do to, to gain eternal life, we'd probably do it. And now that I read these in light of all that, and I read these four steps for revival, I don't think we would because we're not doing it on revival. And I don't know why. And here in the U.S., 
you know, we, I mean, we all claim to want a closer walk with God and to see our churches revived and our countries awakened and God glorified, but we don't seem to be willing to do it God's way. And shame on us for that. And, you know, God forgive us, please, and help us to, to repent and do better. Here in the U.S., and I'm sure in other countries around the world, we've tried politics, we've tried legislation, we've tried social media, public relations, gimmicks, marketing, data analytics, we've marched, we've protested, we've promoted, we've twisted arms, and unfortunately, we've even adopted the world's methods of win at any cost in order to fight for the things we believe in. And with that, I think we've seen ourselves and the church more conformed to the world than we've conformed others and ourselves to the image of Christ. And so the truth is, you know, pride is at the root of all of this. And so that first step of humility must be really, really hard uh, because we all have such a hard time doing it. You know, I, I, I get up every morning and wash my hair, and you can see I've got not as much hair as I used to have, and it is very white. When it's wet and I look in the mirror, I, I swear I see I see brown hair. I don't know how that's possible. When I look in that same mirror straight on, I think, well, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. And then I get a sideward photograph, and I think I look like the round Pillsbury Doughboy. How is that possible? It's because I'm not seeing myself as I really am. And, and we do that spiritually. We don't see ourselves as God sees us. We don't even see ourselves as we want other people to see us. And we don't, and, and we don't, we don't really, we're not honest with ourselves. And the humility part of this is to me is the first part. I think praying, seeking, and turning is easy once we recognize who we are and what we are and how we're nothing without Christ. And um, so for me, th this lesson is very simple. There's four steps that I want to do in my life. I want to be this kind of prayer warrior. I want to have God really show me areas where I need to be humble. And I will say that areas where I am humble, it's where God's worked on me and, and brought me through trials and shown me that just how much I need to depend on him. And I got to be willing to go through more of those to, to get where, where he needs me to be. And, and I pray that I am. Um, but the instructions here are very clear. You know, Solomon, uh, the, God prayed for it. God answered, or Solomon prayed for it. God answered and gave specific instructions. And now I think it's time for us to let God prove his faithfulness to all of his promises that he made for his glory. I know that I want to see that. I believe you all do. We wouldn't be on this call, but there's four things we need to do. And um, they all by themselves are pretty easy to understand. They're hard to do. But I really believe that if we do it, you know, we, we can see the things that we're praying for. We can see revival. We can see awakening. We can see souls saved. You know, it's um, the interesting part about the qualifier here on if my people God doesn't say how many, you know, it, it, it could require a hundred percent of his people. It could require just one sold out believer. It could just require those of us on this call, but nevertheless, we have to start. We are starting and we have to believe and trust in God to, to bring revival to us uh, as we follow the steps that he's laid out for us. So that's my prayer for us today. And, and uh, just pray that God will bless uh, his word today.